Naturopathic Essentials with herbalist and aromatherapist Kate McCall. Each episode, Kate will highlight an element of aromatherapy or herbalism that will optimize your health, as well as interview colleagues in her field. Sit back, flip on your diffuser, and bask in the beauty of naturopathy. Hello, everyone. This is A. Gregory Luna. Welcome back to another episode of Naturopathic Earth Radio and Naturopathic Essentials. Yes, that's Kate McCaw. She's returned for a QA. and uh, Yeah, we have a lot to talk about before we go to the uh, four or five questions we're going to address that listeners have sent us. First of all, Kate was gone for about uh, a month or so. Kate, you want to tell us where you're at? I went to visit family. Yeah, over in, in the Mountain West. That's right. Yeah, that's hot. Yes, hot? but it's not humid heat. It was actually quite nice. We've spent time at the swimming pool and the sun getting a lot of vitamin D and it was 100 degrees and it was really comfortable, actually. For those of you who don't live in Texas or never been down here, where San Antonio is about 150 miles from the coast, but it, it gets decent humidity. I grew up in Houston, as you guys know, and it is as humid as a jungle over there. So... Normally here, we get highs in the upper 90s and a decent humidity, but uh, Utah, I'm assuming it's kind of like Phoenix and that area where it just gets hot, but it's not too bad. And the Dry e- heat. And the evenings are pretty nice too. Yeah. Yeah. And the mornings are beautiful. I walked down the street to the park. I walked my kids to the park and it was so beautiful in the morning. So Didn't you tell me that you went to northern Utah and there was snow in the mountains? Yeah. That's incredible. In yeah. June. In June. All right. Well... Kate has an announcement about her new podcast. You want to talk about Naturopathic Essentials? A little bit, yeah. So I'm starting out Naturopathic Essentials with a list of oils. What was that beep? Did you hear that beep? It's in your mind. Schizophrenic. (laughs) Maybe we can edit that part out. She wants to kill you. No. He's looking at you. That's how schizophrenics, they always hear voices and see things. Red Rose. Red (laughs) Rose. What's what that you, movie? Name that movie. Red The Shining. Rob. Even yeah, though I've never seen it, it's I, I so remember. So creepy. I remember the Simpsons version of the of the Shining, but I've actually never seen the Stephen King classic. I, know. I haven't seen a lot of classics from the seventies. I don't know what we were talking about. Even though I'm infinitely older than you, I don't. I don't yeah, I don't remember. You are old. Yeah. We were talking about your new podcast. Oh, that's right. That's right. So yes, Naturopathic Essentials. Um, the first couple episodes are going to be. Um, yeah, so and Naturopathic Essentials, is the first episodes are just going to be basically going through the most important oils to have, um, and then hopefully we'll go into some herbs, and then we'll see how it goes from there. Maybe I'll you know, interview some people. Some yeah, for sure. Yeah. Aromatherapists. Mm-hmm. So guys, what we did is we're going to put Naturopathic Essentials on Kate's own separate feed on iTunes. So if you listen to us on SoundCloud or at the website, which is naturopathicearth.com, You'll be able to listen to it there. But if you're listening to iTunes, we've taken it off the MP radio, the MP radio feed, and she has her own feed. So you're going to need to search for naturopathic essentials. There you'll see a picture of Kate. And uh, that's where you'll see the feed of all the all her pods on essential oils and herbs. And from what I understand, she'll probably do about 20 on oils and then 20 on herbs. Right? Yeah, maybe 25 and 15. And then anytime we do Q&As together, we'll put the Q&As both on the MP radio uh, feed and on the Naturopathic Essentials feed since we're both on that. So we would appreciate it if you posted reviews on her podcast because 
at the beginning, you need some reviews to show up and uh, it'd be great if you could go there. Yeah, I would love it. Anything else you want to talk about where we can be found? What What are your you know what? social you media can... uh, names and stuff? Because oh. I always mention one. Really fast. Should we do that at the end? We'll do it at the end. Okay. okay. What do you want to bring? Um, a drawing is coming up for an essential oil blend. Yes. So on Friday on Kate's episode of Naturopathic Essentials, she'll announce the winner of the new essential oil blend. Rebecca won the first one. Woohoo, Rebecca! Yeah. So she'll be getting that. And so listen on Friday for. Naturopathic Essentials. Yes. That's right. where we will be announcing the winner. Yes. And then we'll also put on Instagram at naturopathic underscore earth. Yes. Okay. So we got, we're going to deal with four or five questions. I just kind of went through the probably the best ones to ask. And we're going to start with the ones that are directed toward Kate. So Kate, this is from Kendra. She's asking, Kate, you had mentioned in previous podcasts that you just had a baby not that long ago. And she wants to know if you did any form of intermittent fasting during your pregnancy or since the birth. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, um, currently I am, my full-time job is a teacher. So that, that just will play into this. So during my pregnancy, especially during the first trimester, for those of you that have been pregnant, um, you kind of have to keep snacks handy all the time. Otherwise you're going to be in the bathroom over the toilet. <laughs> At least I am <laughs> anyway. Do so praying to the porcelain praying God. To, yes. Uh. Yeah. So, um, not during any, anything during the first trimester, the second and third trimesters, I listened to my body. Um, and there were days that I did fast until lunchtime, 1230, you know, one o'clock. But I listened to my body. I made sure that when I did fast, I, I had to get all of the calories that I, you know, would otherwise have to get. If I wasn't because fasting is not a diet. It's a right. lifestyle. So the expectation is you still get the same amount of calories in your eating window than you would otherwise. I'd mentioned that in the MPE podcast, the two podcasts on fasting. So right. it's good. You got all your calories because you were carrying mm-hmm. a child. And- exactly. And, and the most important thing to remember is to keep hydrated yes. should you choose to do this. And also, we're not doctors neither of us. So, um, just as a little disclaimer there, this is my personal experience with it. And I mentioned I was a teacher because sometimes I was, I was hungry, just too busy to eat. Um, or I wasn't hungry and didn't eat till lunchtime. So it just, I kind of listened, just listened to my body during that pregnancy. Um, as far as after the birth, I well, have how, been, how old is the baby? How far? She's three months old. Okay. So yeah. since the birth? Yeah. Since the birth, um, I had done research prior to giving birth to her um, and decided that I was going to try intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did was I just kind of uh, built up the stamina. So, you know, I'd started out maybe fasting until 10 a.m. And then, you know, stop eating, I don't even know, after dinner, 7, 8 o'clock. So, um, that's how I did it. But now I'm fasting at three months old. I'm fasting until one or two or three o'clock in the afternoon, depending on the day. But I do sometimes have like, you know, some things in the morning if I'm feeling hungry. So you're just kind of playing it by ear. Yeah. But I, for most, for the most part, I almost always fast till at least noon, except for when I was on vacation. If my family's listening to this, they know I did not fast. (laughs) 
I started out good, but didn't finish. <laughs> now you had fasted in, in the past, but this is the first time that you've actually kind of engaged in true intermittent fasting. Do yes. you feel like your performance or cognition's improved or is yeah. it the same? What about your hunger pangs? What about you your know, yoga and all that? Yeah. So, um, my hunger pangs are few, if at all. Um, and I, when I do get them, oftentimes I'm thirsty. I found that, that I'm just thirsty. So I right. drink a big glass of water and it completely relieves that. So, but my cognition has been sharper. Um, my yoga practice has been more beneficial. I feel like as long as I'm staying hydrated, because I think, you know, like a lot of that milk supply is, is water. Um, but my milk has also been great. That was my biggest fear. Um, if I was going to intermittently fast, um, if I would lose any milk, but I haven't. She's... Your milk production's good. That's right. Yes, very good. Mm-hmm. Excellent, great. So and Kendra, it... I hope that helps you out. Listen to your body, um, stay hydrated, and we're not doctors. <laughs> yes, we only play one on, on TV. So I think lots of times if you if you read on IFing, they'll talk about how pregnant women should not be fasting. And I think, as I mentioned in the, at the fasting podcast, if you haven't listened to it, definitely listen to it. It's a two-parter. That's more of a concern that doctors have or people who just are ignorant about fasting. They believe that the woman is getting less calories because typically when you do fast, you just naturally are going to be ingesting less calories unless you make an effort to increase the, the calories you eat during your window. And I think that's why they're more concerned about fasting is that the woman is essentially dieting. And we don't definitely endorse dieting. We really don't enforce dieting at all, the whole concept of dieting per se. But when you're pregnant, I think the average healthy weight gain is 20 to 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. You want to stay in that window. Now, most of you probably know people who've gained less. And it's certainly you guys know people who've gained more. Well, and I will say that if you start out at a lower weight, you're probably going to gain more during your pregnancy and really? also vice versa. If you start out overweight or borderline obese, you're going to gain or could gain less. Hmm. So it, they also do say that. Hmm. So. Yeah. So if you are pregnant and you want to fast, by all means do it. Just make sure that you, you maintain your, your amount of calories or maybe even a little more when you're pregnant during your eating window. Because again, fasting is not a type of dieting and it's and you see some people with like eating disorders gravitating toward fasting because it is a form of you know, controlled eating disorder. Controlled eating mm-hmm. disorder, yeah, because they're not eating, so it's almost like an anorexia, and then it turns into a, a binge fest during the eating window. So just make sure that you you know what you're doing with fasting, and of course, it's not like you're signing a, a, a contract with AT and T or some cell phone contract that you're beholden to for years. You can always just stop fasting and the next day resume to normal eating. I just find that I work and function better when I'm fasting, and I've been fasting now three years. So um, we'll see if Kate, Kate maybe can give updates on her fasting experience as, as the year progresses. Yeah, I have felt like I've rebounded faster. I will say that. You mean your body? Yes. Hmm. Like I, I mean, I'm not, obviously I'm not back, you know, full on what I was pre-pregnancy, but I have rebounded very quickly as opposed to my previous pregnancies when I didn't fast at all. And you think that has to do with the fasting? Or you, how much, I don't do, know. You, do you know I how mean, much weight you gained during this pregnancy? I would say I would probably gained about 25 pounds. Yeah. 20 to 25. The average that you gained with the other ones? I probably gained a little bit more in the other pregnancies, but I'm talking more after the pregnancies. I didn't fast at all after. Mm. Um, but I nursed with all of them, mm. and I'm, I'm seeing better results after. Mm. And honestly, my milk, I feel like is better. I don't know why, but maybe because I'm eating a lot of high fat food. So 
You're going a little keto. That's right. Or at least low carb, because I know you're not sticking less than 50 grams of carb a day. That's really hard for any of you to do real keto and you're checking your urine. Going under 50 grams is tough. I wouldn't, I, I'm definitely not keto. I'm I mean, not. I embrace keto. I think it's great. I've mentioned that's a great way to lose weight if you need to lose weight. I think I mentioned that in the last Q&A, which was, I think, NPE number 11, <laughs> and we're on 30. Uh, that's one of the great ways to lose weight. But I, I, I'm not going to endorse, and I think Kate's mentioned this in the past too, we do not eat paleo. No. We do not eat clean all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But we think it's our, like, kind of, I wouldn't say our onus or our mandate. It's not like white man's burden in colonial times. But we just feel like, you know, we know about the toxins in our food and air. And it's just, we want to bring it to your attention. If any of you have been reading the articles on the website recently, I've been talking about the the class one, class two carcinogens. And we've been talking about Florida in the water. And just a lot of people don't know about these things. And so we just want to bring it to your attention. We are not by any man, by, by any means sanctimonious and be like, oh, we're paleo. We've been paleo 10 years. We haven't touched bread. Bread's for, <laughs> for the masses. No, I had bread yesterday. Yeah. Not today. I had a hamburger. Yeah. yeah. It was it was good meat. It was good meat. That wasn't like dirty, dirty fast food Stop. meat, which is like 80% <laughs> yeah, not good, meat. Right? It's like real. It was good meat. Yeah. yeah. On the barbecue. All right. So we're going to go to the next question. This is from Lisa. She wants to know about probiotic pills, probiotic pills. She says she's interested in increasing her probiotic intake, and she wants to know what's my opinion on the pills and what kind of criteria, if any, should she apply when looking at probiotic pills. I would recommend all of you to go back to NP radio number two, which I think is on probiotics. I do mention pills there a little. All I'll say in this is the main criteria is definitely get the ones that are refrigerated because the little buggers preserve better when they're cold. That's why kombucha, you should always leave kombucha as cold as you can. And of course, all the Greek yogurt and all that. But but ideally, you want the probiotic pills to be cold. And what the main criteria is, and this is tricky because it's a lot, a lot of food products are like this, not just cereals and chips, but kombucha and, and Greek yogurt, all these things. But there's so many different types, right? You've seen probiotic pills, right, Kate, over in the yeah. aisles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have ones for men, one for women, one for children, one for geriatrics. They have so many different brands. What I always say is this. You want a varied strain and you want a high number of CFUs. So you want as many CFUs per pill. Now, one of the things they do to deceive you is like when you're looking at the pill, they might say, oh, it's got uh, five, 5 billion CFU. Now, if you look at the back, though, you have to look at the serving size, and the serving size is going to be two pills. So just take that into consideration. Also, they'll mention there's always like a little cross next to the CFU amount, and that's at the time of packaging. Lots of times you'll lose that because many times these pills are not refrigerated from processing to being sold, and so you're going to lose a lot of that potency. So, of course, you want a higher number, but the more important thing is the varied strains. Some people take acidophilus pills, which acidophilus is a probiotic bacteria. It's one of the more common ones. But that's just one strain. So when you're looking at Greek yogurts, and I've mentioned this in the Greek yogurt review, but any probiotic foods, you want to look at the back and see how many different bugs are there, bugs and fungus. You want to buy the pills that have the largest strains or largest variety of bacteria and fungus, you know, mold, yeast, all those critters. So that's what you're really looking for. You're going to have to spend a decent amount of money for Decent probiotic pills. But the the larger question is this. Do you need probiotic pills? Honestly, I don't think you do. I think the much cheaper way is just increase your prebiotic food, the foods that feed our, our beneficial bacteria naturally. I do have a podcast on that. But 
right off the top of my head, you know, green bananas, a lot of onions, a lot of resistant starch foods. Um, if you like asparagus, you like asparagus, Kate? I love asparagus. Asparagus is good. Yeah, artichokes. Yeah, yeah. especially with some homemade hollandaise. Mm, yeah, I should holiday. put that on the website. You should put that on the website. It's mostly egg yolk. <laughs> uh, there's also a potato flour starch, green banana starch. Green bananas, of course, are the cheapest prebiotic food. The, actually, the best way to eat it is go symbiotic, which is eating your prebiotic and probiotic foods at the same time. So a good example of that would be eating green bananas or unripened bananas with Greek yogurt. So the, the banana is prebiotic, and you're eating it with the bacteria and the yogurt, which is probiotic. So that's what I would say is the main the main criteria. Look at the number of CFUs, buy it refrigerated, and look at the amount of different types of, of bacteria and fungus in the bottle. But you are probably looking at $15 to $30 a bottle. Also look at the serving size. But honestly, you really don't, I personally don't think that you need it. I've seen studies showing that it's largely a small effect probiotic foods in general because we have trillions of bacteria in the gut. And honestly, if you eat something that's got 20 million CFUs, it's really not going to affect it more. The bigger way to affect your probiotic health is to stop eating as many sugars and inflammatory foods that disrupt our microbiome. Uh-oh, Kate's phone. So inflammatory foods and just have a preponderance of probiotic bacteria. So eat just a lot of prebiotic foods. You can't go wrong with eating a lot of vegetables for your prebiotic foods. But that's probably the better way to improve your microbiome. Your microbiome. All right. Question number three is from Ashley. Ashley wants to know, Kate, ah. for your essential oils, what is the best essential oils for diarrhea? Oh. Ooh, the runs. <laughs> Gross. Okay. And I runs. I run so far. <laughs> couldn't get away. Go ahead. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Okay. So diarrhea. There are lots of kinds of diarrhea. I mean, there's viral, bacterial, diarrhea from stress, diarrhea from foodborne illnesses. Yeah, I think I had some some mayonnaise in the sample yesterday at the supermarket. You had mayonnaise? We- Ooh. Oh, but Mark Sisson endorses this one. It's made from avocado oil. No, oh. actually, it's not. No, I, I like mayonnaise with French fries. That's pretty much all I eat mayonnaise with. Hmm. You like that too with ketchup. Too. Ketchup. 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 <laughs> it's called fry sauce where I'm from. Right. <laughs> and it's ketchup, mayonnaise, and then a little bit of relish. Oh, actually, that sounds. I know good. the recipe because I made it when I worked at the little Dairy Queen where I lived. Really? Did you get free blizzards? It wasn't really technically Dairy Queen, like, brand name. How big was the town you grew up in? The town I grew up in or the town that I worked at that restaurant in? Yeah, the town two different were, things. Okay, well, I don't either. It's small. Okay, small. Small. Okay, so you worked at, like, a Dairy Queen place. Okay, so. Yeah. Okay, anyway, back to diarrhea, it. Yeah, diarrhea. Yeah, diarrhea. Bacterial, Let's talk viral. about bacterial viral first. Mm. So the best oils to use for that would be thyme, tea tree, lavender, lemon, or eucalyptus. And the way you would apply that is directly to your abdomen um, and just put it in a carrier oil. So What's a carrier oil? I mean, I've heard that phrase before. I don't know exactly what it means. Right. A carrier oil allows you to dilute the essential oil, which is the really powerful 100% essence from the plant. And you can dilute it in a carrier oil, which is more mild. So do you do you need to dilute it? Because for example, like with lavender, I use lavender for insomnia. I've mentioned that in the podcast. I can put that on the skin or inhale it. I don't need any type of buffer. But lavender, there's certain oils yeah. you need. I mean, 
every aromatherapist has different rules, but I think lavender is one I think we can all say is fine to apply neat. And that's just like the code word for apply directly to the skin without an, without a carrier oil. But so, most of these other ones you need like coconut oil. I or would, especially oil. if, if there's sensitive skin involved for the elderly or young children, okay. dilution is very important. So, okay. um, and some car- uh, carrier oils would be like sweet almond oil or avocado oil or even coconut oil. I use quite a bit. So, all right. So yeah, depending on the age of the person that ha- um, has the illness, uh, your dilution will change. So I can talk a little bit about that to the dilution after I'm done with um, the oils for diarrhea. So if it's a food-related diarrhea, you could use peppermint, again, thyme, tea tree, chamomile, and then also eucalyptus would work for that. For nerve or stress-related diarrhea, um, you want to focus on the nerve you know, the nervous tension that you're having, um, and use relaxing oils, which would be again, peppermint and chamomile, but also geranium, lemon, and lavender mm-hmm. will help you with those things. So, um, as far as the dilution, so after you decide which oil or oils you want to blend together to apply to your stomach, um, you have to dilute it and you do that as follows. Sorry, I'm pulling up my notes. <laughs> so, um, depending, I, I, I was this. Did they? Did she tell you who had the diarrhea? Or was just oh, it was like, I think it was her child. Who was around one ish? Oh, her child. Okay. So, um, for infants and babies, um, you want to use a half a percent dilution, which is kind of hard to measure, but um, basically, for every teaspoon, a one percent dilution would be one drop. So Mm -hmm. for every teaspoon of oil is one drop and that's for 1%. Obviously 2% would be two drops and so on. So you then mix it, say you you have like a a teaspoon of coconut oil, you put one drop on top and just swish it around with your hand. Yeah. Or, you know, a stirring stick or, or for like avocado oil or sweet almond oil, they're already liquid. Mm -hmm. And I put it in a roller ball type thing and then roll it in my hands like back and forth. Like I'm starting a fire. Like Mr. Miyagi does to Daniel's knee at the end of Karate yes, Kid. Yes, exactly and like that. And they do that, that big clap exactly sound. Exactly like and, that. And he comes back. And, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. The original is much better. I think. The Will Smith version, the Jaden Smith version, yeah. horrible. <laughs> I just watched Karate Kid in the theaters. I brought my son. I, sh- I remember, well, that's great, because I remember when I was 10 when it came out, and I went to go see the movie Breakin', which was about breakdancing, uh-huh. and at the theater they had, we're going to show a special sneak preview of a movie called The Karate Kid, and so it was like a double double feature, but you didn't have to pay for the second one, uh-huh. and I remember watching Karate Kid, and I just was just crying at the end, because right? he is so, so awesome? great, yeah, oh, yeah, you love Daniel, he's so great, Mr. It's Miyagi really, is so great. really powerful, powerful yeah, movie. I like the... <laughs> Jaden Smith vehicle that was okay, with pressure right. to change change that, his age <laughs> and then move him to China. All right. Where all if right. I'm not mistaken, it's Kung Fu. So should it be the Kung Fu kid if it's in China? I don't know. But regardless, it was a great movie. My son really enjoyed it. Yes. And for Christmas he got less he got karate, like some karate lessons. And he was psyched. Did you teach him to wax on and wax off by washing all the I cars? didn't teach him the karate did, lessons. Did I signed him up. We should have gone to paint the fence. <laughs> Can you imagine? Send the car. <laughs> okay. Back to dilution rates of essential oil. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, one teaspoon, one drop, mix it in right, with your finger. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So depending on the age. So you want to do, like I said, half a percentage 
um, dilution rate for infants and babies. So it, like I said, if you mix for with one teaspoon, one drop of oil, it's hard to get half a drop of oil. So just take half of that, you know, mm-hmm. and use it. So, um, or double, I guess it would be tea teaspoons for one drop is how you do that half percent dilution. Um, for the elderly or older children or sensitive skin, 1%, uh, daily skincare, 2% to 3%, and then mild, more mild oils with short-term use, you can use 10 to 25% dilution rate as long as you don't, are you're not doing it every single day. So, um, yeah, so there's some information about that, but the most, most, most important thing to remember with diarrhea, especially in children is dehydration and you do not want to get dehydrated. We are not doctors. So if your child has any of the signs or symptoms of dehydration, take them to the doctor. Ideally a naturopathic doctor or or, (laughs) or an MD that's into integrative medicine. Holistic care. Yes. Agreed. Um, but in the meantime, you know, if it's not full on dehydration, lemon water is great. So. It's tough when it's a one-year-old because, I mean, it, well, they could be nursing still, but even it, it's hard to push water down their throat. It's it's difficult. And mm-hmm. when they're older, of course, and this goes back to the probiotic question, you know, if you're older, you can definitely, you got you to gotta get that balance back in order so you want to increase your prebiotic food. But when it's a one-year-old, a lot of people do the, the Pedialyte. Mm-hmm. The problem with Pedialyte, and I guess this is not really a big concern because you really can't control, but Pedialyte has tons of food dyes in it. You've mm-hmm. seen the orange flavor, yes. strawberry flavor. <laughs> uh, they tend to have fluoride in it because it's water, and then uh-huh. they, they put in uh, aspartame to flavor it, or acetosol and potassium. So you're just looking at an artificial toxin crap bottle. But I understand when it's a one-year-old and the baby's crying and it's diarrhea, I mean, you're going to give them something. So, so basically what you're saying is you want us to put on a recipe for natural Pedialyte on the website? That would be ideal. <laughs> That would have been ideal. I'll that look was into so it. organic. I, I didn't even set that one up. He didn't. He usually does. Whoa. <laughs> Who used to do that? Whoa. Joey. Joey. Whoa. <laughs> I can't remember his last Joey Lawrence, Lawrence from Joey Blossom. Lawrence. I remember him. Yeah. I didn't watch Blossom. Whoa. Yeah, because I was actually, well, I was in high school when Blossom came out. Was I even born? Probably not. <laughs> that That's, uh, what's your name on, on Big Bang Theory? Sarah Vera Fowler? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, Sheldon's nerdy girlfriend. She was originally a high school girl on a show called Blossom. That was in the early 90s. And her older brother, anytime he had a, he was surprised. He'd go, whoa, (laughs) whoa. All right. So uh, let's go to the last question today. This is from Sandra. Sandra wants to know, she said that she read my almond oil, my almond milk review or my non-milk alternative, non-dairy milk alternative review on the website. And she wanted to know if my review of almond milk would be different if it was made homemade. Yes, absolutely. Because homemade uh, almond milk or any of the nut milks is much better than the store-bought crap, crack, crack, crap, <laughs> both. Either or. Either or. Uh, the problem with the store-bought ones, and again, this, this is a question of whether or not you want to be dairy-free. Do you have to be dairy-free? Well, if you're lactose intolerant, definitely would behoove you to be it. You can be in that that school of thought that many of us are uh, sensitive to dairy or that's inflammatory to, to the body. But, I mean, really, it's kind of like with wheat and celiac. Unless you have celiac, you don't need to abstain from, from wheat. But if you feel better when you abstain from wheat, then abstain from wheat. Right. Yeah. And I think it, it's, it follows this good, better, best paradigm because you're talking about store-bought versus homemade. You know, yeah. good, maybe, you know, switch to a store-bought. Uh, better would be 
switch to an organic, very clean store-bought and best would be homemade because you know exactly what is going in and the amounts. So so if you look at that, that's a good analogy. Like my students will ask, they're like, Mr. Luna, is this milk chocolate bar good for you? And I'm like, well, compared to Skittles, it's better. (laughs) I love Skittles. But compared to, I don't know, blueberries or baklava or something like that. Baklava is good. Well, Compared to that, it's probably not as good. So, yeah, that that's a really good way to, to, to phrase it. But I would say this. The, the store-bought milks, almost all of them have carrageenan, guar gum. They have all these fillers and preservatives to keep it in a liquid state and to make, them, to make the milks frothier. And also, almond milk that's store-bought uh, tends not to have a lot of almonds. Shockingly, <laughs> the first ingredient is filtered water. And then, you know, you, you can find some studies on how much almonds they put a lot of skeptics will say there's like five almonds in a gallon or in a cup of almond milk. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but again, if you're making it, and I have no experience making homemade almond milk. I was going to ask you if you I know. I have some Facebook friends who, who make it homemade, cashew milk and all that. And, but like Kate said, if you can make it homemade, and I'm sure you could find some recipes, by all means do it. Because the nut, aside from the issues with phytic acid and overall nuts are great for you. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be, you know, a lot of nutrition, a lot of the MUFA fat. So by all means, if you know how to do it or you have the initiative to make your own homemade almond milk, by all means do it. And it would trump all the store-bought milks, even the hemp milk, (laughs) which you can't get high on, allegedly. How do you know? (laughs) That's what I've been told. Oh, okay. I should say the students have told me. All right. So let's go to the end here. Let's do rapid fire Q&A. We always like to end our Q&As this way. Oh, boy. Let's see what Kate's answers to these. These are just Facebook questions. Oh. If you guys are not friends with me on Facebook, please look me up because I'll, I'll put these kind of questions up there. Of course, go to the Naturopathic Earth page. Now that Kate's back from her exile, she's actually putting videos of herself up on uh, on on the Facebook page, and hopefully she'll do it on Instagram because she does have such a fetch face. Fetch. No one uses the word fetch. Try to stop <laughs> trying to make a fetch happen. I'm a little mean too girls. old to know about that. Yeah, I was like mm, 31 when that came. God, I'm just so dating old. myself. So old. Yes. So um, I tell her to put more videos of herself up there. So hopefully she'll do it. I'm because a little shy. She I'm, is a shy. I'm getting more comfortable you in front of the microphone. <laughs> I'm getting more comfortable in front we of the need microphone. To unshy you. <laughs> you love saying that. That's my <laughs> only Pepe Le Pew line. Okay. All right. So Back let's go to, to Facebook. It. Yeah. Okay. So question number one. This is what I posted on the 8th of July. If you could only use one essential oil for the rest of your life, only one. And please don't answer like some of the people on Facebook. Well, I would use this for this and this for this. And, and I had to redirect. You had to pick one. One essential oil the rest of your life. Which would it be? Well, I answered actually on the Facebook. And I love the Facebook questions that you put on because it has it sparked such great conversation. They're thought provoking. Yes, it's great. Like, did, did Adam from the Bible have a belly button? Hmm. Was that one of your questions? No, but did oh. he? Hmm. He wasn't born of a woman. You're right. But we're made in the image and likeness of God. So I'm not. I don't know. That's that's deep metaphysical ponderous questions. All right, mm-hmm. go ahead. Essential oil. Yeah. So when I was reading through everybody's responses, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I should have put that. So what my response was was jasmine oil. If if uh, Gregory's paying for it, so <laughs> is it an expensive one? <laughs> yes. What's the yes. most expensive? Like one of the, the more expensive. I would ones? say jasmine's expensive, but rose is expensive, mm. very expensive. And there's one other one that's called Melissa. 
it's just really rare. It's really the, the hard to find. The girl's name, or is it like yeah. spelled with a Y? Melissa. It's Melissa. a citrus oil. It's like the end of the trachea where it ends and turns into the left and right primary bronchus. It's called the Carina. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I actually don't find I that that it boring because like, it's anatomy, and I, I like that. I wonder if it was named after like the daughter of the original anatomist. Maybe. Who, it's like, let's name it after Carina. All right, so... Oh, yeah, so Jasmine. Jasmine. Because there's... It smells so good. I love the way it smells. But in terms of like usages, is yeah. it very versatile? It's yes. I mean, there are you know, it's not the most versatile oil, but it's great for skin. It's helpful for any sort of depression, especially postpartum. Mm. So heaven knows I'm going to need it because I'm only at five children. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you're sad that you don't have ten. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, Jasmine. Also. Interestingly enough, it's both an aphrodisiac and it helps in childbirth. It makes so. you randy, baby. <laughs> and then helps yeah, the baby, baby yeah. come out. <laughs> so, Looks yeah, cool. I love jasmine. I love the way it smells. I love the way it makes me feel. Um, it's a great oil. I would. Be, I notice a lot of people put frankincense. Yeah, they did. A lot I of frankincense. See, I don't know anything about these things. I just put lavender because, again, with my insomnia... And my anxiety issues, it just helps with the racing thoughts. But I know there's other oils yeah. that you can use for insomnia. In fact, my first um, Naturopathic Essentials podcast is about lavender and all the uses that you can use it for. I just think uses it Uses that too. you can use it for. Uses you can use it for. <laughs> okay. All right, next one. If you can only eat one of the following desserts for the rest of your life, which category of food would it be? And this is... Not regarding uh, gaining weight or getting diabetes, because all these are really bad for your health. But let's assume we live in some mythical Shangri-La where you could eat unlimited amounts of just this food, but none of the other food. This is like the lonely dessert sweet you could eat for the rest of your life. So the question is, which of these, I guess, would you be less bored with or tired of? Some? Oh, so here are okay. the four choices. Candy. So that's going to be like gummy Skittles and chocolate varieties, candy. Then we're going to have cakes and pies combined. Ice cream, and then cookies, brownies. Okay, so cookies, brownies, cakes, pies, candy, ice cream. You have to pick one, the only one you can eat for the rest of your life, regardless of food okay. allergies, regardless of all that nonsense. I get it. In other words, <laughs> get out. Candy for me. Your story has become tiresome. <laughs> it's time for you to touch my monkey. <laughs> From Sprockets, Saturday, yeah. Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live, Mike Myers. Okay, go ahead. Candy, for sure. Pourquoi? I don't know. And you know, you always make fun of me because I like the gummies and then I don't very, make fun of you. I just, I like unhealthy. the chocolate based ones. Mm-hmm. I'm just not big into the It depends the on taste. the day for me. Yeah. But I can almost always go for a Swedish fish or a peachy. So what are your like top five candy, like non-chocolate candy? Oh, non-chocolate. Cause I don't know. That's like Swedish hmm. fish. I like Swedish hot fish. Hot tamales. Oh, I love hot tamales and peachies and Sour Patch Kids. Uh-huh. That's only four. We're making everybody want to gummy, go. Gummy, gummy, gummy. <laughs> Let's not talk about this. I've food. been to a store. I've gone to a large uh, candy store, like those old soda pop ones, and they have those gigantic gummy bears that are like ten pound gummy bears that come in a gigantic container. I don't know anyone could eat that. Saltwater taffy's in my number. Five. Saltwater taffy. All right. I would go with cakes and pies simply because I'm not a big fruit pie person. I don't like apple pie, peach pie, and all those. But I like cream pies and I like tiramisu, chocolate cream pie, all those. The ice cream would be number two. I you just can think, only pick one. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for the. You crush. can only pick yeah, one. Yeah, you can only pick one. You can only <laughs> pick one. I am a robot. 
So I would cookies and brownies would bore me after a little because it's all flour, it's the same stuff. Ice cream you get a little more variety, but I would have to go with cakes and, and pies because there's such a amount of variety in that. You can do it hot or cold. Hmm. All right, last one, really quick. What's your go-to exercise? If you had to pick one exercise to do the rest of your life, you didn't have to worry about your joints, you didn't have to worry about any of those issues. Like, what's what's your number one favorite one to do? Um, I would say yoga. It would be between yoga and Zumba. But I think because yoga is also great, not only for the body, but also for the mind, um, yoga is definitely my top choice. Is steaming a considered an exercise? No. You, <laughs> you and your oh, steaming. You, you actually started steaming the I last did. couple of days. She's hooked on it, right? You like it? I liked it, especially because they added eucalyptus in my local gym. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I smelled it as soon as I got in there and I'm like, this is going to be a good day. I'm curious. This might be T- TMI, but like with, with, in the men's locker room, it's all like old men who are naked who put a towel around their, their waist. Are women like that? Are women more, more like conscious? Are they wearing like bathing suits? I this, was. This the is first the time room. I went in there, I'm like, I'm not wearing a towel. What? I'm going to wear like full on clothes. Just kidding. But, but like the other women, are they mostly? Yeah, I was surprised stuff? that it was, you know, your traditional steam room that you see on TV. But were they, were they just going in naked with the towel or were they wearing Well, clothes? I don't, I didn't like, I think there's a, a an unspoken <laughs> rule <laughs> that you don't either, you don't ask them, hey, what are you wearing underneath that towel? Okay. The or number, stare. The so n- that's. The number one rule is don't sit on somebody, right? <laughs> yeah. It's so smoky, it's so steamy. Yeah. Isn't that Seinfeld and you sit on somebody? Yeah, could just see me. I don't know. It was Seinfeld. There was another episode of Arrested Development, maybe, where they're in the steam room. That was hilarious. And it, it's called the moon landing or something. Is that what it's called? <laughs> or maybe, I don't know if I'm getting the episode right, but it, we Was that Tobias? That That's something I could see happening to Tobias. No, I can't remember. No, it's okay. Well, my go-to oh, one. Oh, I'm sorry. It was yeah. Modern Family. Modern Family. Okay. And it must have been the dorky husband, right? Because we have to make all husbands look dorky and incompetent. No, I don't think so. Was it Manny? <laughs> no, the little Mexican. it was the dad, and then um, the one dad, of the dad. two guys that are married. The two gay guys. Yeah, yeah I okay. can't remember. Which my one. my go to would probably would be tough because I, I I alternate between running, sprinting, rowing, and elliptical. If I had to pick one, uh, rowing, probably yeah. rowing. That'd be tough. I, All right, I could never do that. Rowing's fun. It, yeah, you have to practice, and then you can it, get good. I at mean, it. what what kind of muscles do you need to do that? I mean, I know it's probably like... It works all, all the muscles. It's really good for your back and you're moving your legs. That's the problem with the elliptical. Like a lot of people who do the elliptical, they go on no resistance and you're not really moving your upper body and they're just taking it too easy. Yeah. So I would definitely probably pick rowing. Yeah. I'd pick rowing. I just know like I don't have very much upper body strength. I try to do like the push-up style yoga pose thing. <laughs> it's pathetic. It's really bad. But you're pretty good at yoga rowing. You, you can do I weird, mean, weird poses. Like the <laughs> yeah, hang, what's it called? The hanging <laughs> what, I'm dog. I'm not going to say I'm so good at yoga. Oh, what's yeah. that one? The, the, I love yoga. What's the hanging dog or the, what's it called? Are you kidding me? I don't know anything about yoga. It's like the most yoga. like known yoga thing. What is it? Downward facing dog. Downward facing dog. You can do that? Yeah, it's like the easiest pose. Okay. <laughs> it's like the relaxation What's the pose? one where you're like sitting Indian style or crisscross applesauce and you lift up your arms and then you're floating like your legs are folded but all your weight's like on Like a your... handstand? No, but you're sitting Indian style and your hands are down but your legs are all up. I don't one. know. I just go to the class. Okay. <laughs> I've just seen that one on pictures. All right. Anything else we want to talk about for this Q&A? I don't think so. 
All right, so this Q&A is going to go both on the MP radio feed and then again on Kate's Naturopathic Essential feed. So please go to her feed on iTunes and post a review. That'd be great. Of course, you can find us on naturopathicearth.com for the articles and all the podcasts you can listen to directly there. You can find me on Instagram at naturopathic underscore earth and on Twitter at naturopath earth. Kate, where can we find you? Um, I'm uh, Kate McCall on Facebook if you want to just search for me. Um, also on Twitter, I'm Kate McCall underscore NPE and on Instagram, I'm also at Kate McCall underscore NPE. Um, yeah. And then my, my podcast is naturopathic essentials. If you're listening, listening on Gregory's podcast right now, it's naturopathic essentials. It's brand new. So please be patient with me because I'm, I'm shiny and new. <laughs> you're shiny and new. <laughs> All right, guys, until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Naturopathic Essentials with Kate McCall. Please visit her website at naturopathicearth.com. Visit her Facebook page at Naturopath Earth. Friend her on Facebook and follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Kate McCall underscore NPE. Please post a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and spread the word about the benefits of naturopathy. And please remember our motto at Naturopathic Earth. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time.